So do you want the story about the store manager? I'm sure Val does. Um, or do you want the story about the, the pastor? Probably store manager. Anyway, so we'll just go with the store manager. Oh, a store manager um, overheard his clerk telling a customer, no, ma'am, uh, we haven't had any for a while, and it doesn't look like we're going to be getting any anytime soon. Horrified, the manager came running over to the customer and said, of course we will have some soon. We, we placed an order last week. Then the manager drew the clerk aside and said, never. He snarled, Never. Never, 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 never say we're out of anything. I don't know if you guys do that at Lowe's or not, but no, it doesn't matter. Um, we say we've got an order and it's coming. Now, what was she wanting anyways? Rain, said the clerk. No. <laughs> we haven't had any rain, so anyway. Um, story two, we'll, we'll try this one. Maybe this one is better, all right. Strike one. You get, I'm not going to go in three because then I'd be out and we'd just be done. So, uh, A minister told his congregation, next week I plan to preach uh, about the sin of lying. To help you understand my sermon, I want you all to read Mark chapter 17. It's good, uh, good preparation for, uh, I should have told you guys this. And the following Sunday, as he prepared to deliver uh, the sermon, the minister asked for a show of hands. He wanted to know how many had read Mark chapter 17. Every hand went up. Pastor, I read it. Minister smiled and said, Mark has only 16 chapters. Now I'll proceed with my sermon of life. Yeah, so good thing I didn't test you on that one. I didn't want to put you in a precarious situation. I didn't want to see what would happen. It's okay. We'll see that's what other people do. But we are going to finish our series. Uh, we've called them our big fat mouth, my big fat mouth. Because we're talking about our own tendency to have mouths that say things that we don't need to say. And so we're going to talk about lying this morning. We've talked about criticizing, we've talked about complaining, we've talked about gossip. So if you care to listen to those, if you weren't here, you can download them um, on your phone, listen to them on the internet. And so if you're curious about how to do that, just find somebody after, find me and I'll show you how. But we're going to talk about lying this morning. And dishonesty seems to be woven within the fabric of broken and sinful humanity. Part of being a sinful, broken human being is is to be dishonest at some point in some way and, and you think about the moment that Cain kills Abel and God comes to him the, the first thing he does is try to skirt around the question that uh, God asked him where's Abel hey what's going on with Abel am I my brother's keeper the very first interaction he seems to have with God is a way to try to skirt around and not be forthright and truthful about the situation um, recently we've seen dishonesty plastered all over the news Notice the college admissions scandal um, and all these high A list, B list, or whatever they are, celebrities, I don't know, um, that have uh, in some shape or fashion been dishonest in getting their children um, into certain prestigious uh, universities. Um, used whatever means necessary, whether it was cheating on a test, uh, false uh, sports, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you got to do to get them ahead in life. Um, and so, and it's funny how there seems to be a double standard as well, because everybody has a measure of dishonesty in their life. I hope we can all look in the mirror this morning and, and, and come to terms with that and then maybe do something about that. Let the Holy Spirit help us, um, because it's so easy to point a finger. And then you hear these people out crying about how dare these celebrities think they're better than everybody else and pointing all this finger. This double standard of, uh, of, of dishonesty when 
Most people think lying is only wrong if you get caught. <laughs> right? And that's really the double standard. We, we, we terrible so many lies to us, but you know, we don't mind if we do it. We don't get caught. Nothing happens, right? Um, and so we want to look at that this morning. Um, statistic would say a University of Massachusetts study um, said that in a conversation, they studied people in conversations, got them into the lab, so to speak. And uh, every 10 minutes, uh, 60% of the people that they studied would tell a lie, and most would tell multiple. So you get, it's actually certain people would be con a lot of lies, and then some people would, could maintain 10 minutes of conversation without lying. It's interesting that majority of people, if you give them enough time to talk, something they say is going to be not true. Uh, and that's just part of, I believe, broken humanity. And, uh, they, they studied and said by age four, children understand the concept of lying. 90%, most all children by the age four know what it is and how to lie. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. Yeah, I cleaned my room. Sort of, whatever that might mean. You know, however you define cleaning, you know. Um, now, this will, this will blow your mind here, but 90% uh, of people who look for a date online lie in their profile. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You mean they're not truthful? What? That's crazy. Yeah, 90%. So most all, if you're ever going to look for a, say you're single and you're looking online, just know that 9 out of 10 of the profiles, there are lies in the profile, just in case you're wondering. Who gets lied to the most? Um, our parents get the worst of it, according to studies. Um, there's a book called The Day America Told the Truth, and it has some, some studies on this. Um, it says 86% of us uh, lie to our parents regularly. Kids, you're here. Uh, the next group of people that gets lied to the most are friends. 75% of us will lie to our friends. Uh, siblings, same about the same amount. And spouses, that's about 70% people will lie to their spouse. Lying seems to be the way of life for many people. This book goes on to say that 91% of people do not mind lying about things they consider to be trivial. Ah, it's not a big deal. Who cares? What does it matter? Right? So most people say, you know what? I'll lie about things that don't matter. But then even 36% uh, of people said they will lie about things that are important. Because really, a lot of times we think the end justifies the means. It's not as much the lie. It's what I'm trying to accomplish here. I have a good intent. I have a good purpose in this lie. And so... I want to say before we dive into our points this morning, if you want to follow along, you can, uh, hopefully I printed enough for everybody, maybe I didn't, but look on with your neighbor. Um, but I want to recognize that there is gray area. I, I am a person that does see gray and nuance and things of that nature when it comes to lying. Some people are very black and white. It's either a lie or it's the truth, one or, one or the other. It's only one, one opposite end, but I you know there is gray area. And so we want to recognize that, you know, is it a lie for kids to play pretend? Stop lying to each other. You're not a doctor. You know? you're, not, you're not an Indian. You're not a cowboy. So stop. You know, I mean, at some point, we have to see there's nuance to how we interact in, in, with one another. Okay, there's things called pretend, right? And kids learn to pretend, and that's all fine and good. Uh, you know, we don't have to scream at our kid and tell him he's not Batman. You know, it's okay. Uh, don't go around thinking you're Batman. Um, it's okay to be kind, have tact, have a filter. P 
people says, hey, does, do you like my scarf? And, you know, yes, everybody likes Maureen's scarf. If you go up there, Maureen, I don't like your scarf. I mean, you're just a jerk, right? <laughs> Whether or not you like her scarf, it doesn't matter, right? So we try to be kind to others, right? And so sometimes, just because you think and have an opinion, I mean, you got to say it. And we'll look at that in a second. Um, there's other scenarios. You can think of all sorts of scenarios. If you're in the military, uh, you'd be a poor military officer if... The moment you got captured, okay, here's all our secrets. <laughs> all right, let me just tell you. All right, here's everything. Let me just tell you. Uh, that's probably not what they're wanting you to do, right? You can't divulge information. Well, I don't want to lie to the enemy. You know, that would be bad. No, that would be what you're supposed to do because that's the enemy. So there's certain moments and scenarios where, it's, you know, someone's intruding. Hey, where's your kids at? They're coming to my house and they want to know where my children are. And they're hiding in the closet. Well, I don't want to lie to this guy, you know. He's trying to take my, abduct my children, but I don't want to lie to him. No, that, that'll be a moment where I think there, there's some flex here. You know, there, God sees the situations. And so life is not so simple. There are complicated situations. But we're going to look at the basic commands of Scripture. We're not going to get into crazy scenarios where somebody breaks into your house and is looking for your wife, where she's at, and she's hiding, and you can't, you know. We're not talking about all that. We're talking about the basic things we interact with daily. Um, and so Proverbs 22, or 12.22 says this, The Lord detests... Lying lips. If you're following along, read that with me. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. He delights in those who tell the truth. All through the Bible, over and over, many times over, the Bible talks about truth and lies. And 99.9% of the time, God is on the side of truth, and our spiritual enemy is on the side of lies. There's not very many scriptures saying, you know, God will say, you know, just tell whatever you need to say in that moment to get through, and then he'll understand. That, that's not in the Bible. It's not a scripture uh, that I can find. In this scripture, Proverbs 12, 22, uh, the word test actually means something disgusting, abhorrent, uh, this original, the word in original language, an abomination, something that will make you nauseous. You can say that lying, uh, being dishonest, makes God nauseous. Um, Continuing on in, in the New Testament, Ephesians 4, verse 21 and 25. Let me read this to you in the New Living Translation. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and what? Deception. <laughs> Our old way, sinful nature, is to be filled with lust. That's wanting things that we maybe shouldn't have, but we, we desire them so passionately. And deception, doing whatever we can, manipulating to get the things that we want. Instead, verse 23, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. The Bible's commanding us to live in a new way when we meet Jesus, and he's going to help us with that. So verse 25, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbor the truth. For we are all part of the same body. Stop telling lies. John um, is a great, uh, if you want to look up in the gospel, John, I encourage you to look there. But John 8, 44 says this, talking about, like I mentioned, our spiritual enemy, the devil. It's, Jesus put it this way. He, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So again, look in the Gospel of John. If you want to study something this week, you can read the whole Gospel of John. I know you have plenty of time. Just read all 21 chapters. 
you lead right into you know, Easter. But in the Gospel of John, all throughout, this concept of truth and deception is woven all throughout the Gospel of John. Let me give you a few examples real quick. John chapter 1, it says that Jesus came from the Father full of grace and truth. John chapter 4, Jesus told the woman at the well, you worship those who worship will worship in spirit and what? Truth. truth. John 8, 32. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth, truth and the life. John 14, 17. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. And there are many others as well. Um, and so the truth, just apparently, just seemingly, is important to our Heavenly Father. It just seems to be a big deal to God that we would walk and live in the truth. Um, so the question this morning is this. How can you, how can I, how can myself become a more honest person? You might be the honest Abe in here. I don't know. You're just, you know, you got the top hat and everything. That's, that's just you. I don't know you. I, I don't judge your heart. I don't know your heart. But I know that I have room to grow in honesty. And I don't want... I don't think I'm a totally dishonest person. I don't go around just lying to people, but I know, as I, especially as I was preparing this, I am not always forthright with the truth. I hesitate. There are moments where I hesitate, where I'm like, eh, "What would that make me look like if I say that? What if, what if, you know?" And so there's all these little things in us. Now I may not just go around <coughs> lying to everybody, but there's areas in my life where I want to be more honest, and I would hope that's your desire as well as we together try to serve the Lord, how can we become more honest in our lives? And so we're going to look at that. Um, truth versus deceit. That's really what the question is about this morning. In Psalm 119.29, David says, keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. Keep me from deceitful ways. You can pray that this week. Lord, keep me from deceitful ways. It may not be I'm telling bold-faced lies, but how, maybe there's some ways I'm a little deceitful in what I'm doing. 1 Peter 2, 1. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. 1 Peter 3, 10. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. So how do we become more honest? Let me give you some things this morning, four things that you can write down in your notes if you so care to do that. Number one, stop lying to others. This is very simple. How do I become more honest? Stop lying to others. The Bible would say that. So stop lying. Ephesians 4.25. So stop telling lies. Hey, guys, uh, since all this happened in your life, since God has saved you, you're not the old person. You're not this. So stop telling lies. Be honest with one another. That's, that's plain and simple. Stop lying to others. Number one, like I said, there's a bold face lie. This is the things important matters, or just, it's just, it is black and white. And we just choose to lie. Have you ever done that? Let's be honest. Oh, have you ever lied? Just bold faced lied to somebody? Let's see. I'll see. Only a few people have ever done that. I know I have. I know I have. Simple yes or no. And like, hey, did you do X chore? Did you do, did you empty the trash? Did you clean your room? Right? Did my parent, as a kid, did you, and you just say, yeah. I did, and the answer is no, I didn't. But they, but you say, yeah, I did. That is a bold-faced lie. There is no place for that. We have to rid that from our lives. Or we, it is the truth is yes, and we say no. The truth is no, and we say yes. Um, this is very clear, but we know in our heart, mm, 
but we just want to avoid something. We're looking at the outcome. We're looking at what might happen were I to tell the truth. I don't know and I don't like what I'm thinking, so I'm going to choose to conceal the truth to protect myself or do whatever I'm thinking. It could be something very simple. Uh, you know, when you, when you cheat on a test, you're lying. Like, these are my answers. I'm like, copy your answer, putting it in. That's, that's lying. Um, when it could be an elaborate thing or a simple thing, you know, cheating to get your kid into college, that's, that's as bold as you can be, bribing people. I mean, that's an elaborate scheme of a bold-faced lie. You know, that, that is what that is. And, and that is, there's, no, there's no wonder if that is right or wrong type of thing. Um, but then here's the other thing. Number two is bending the truth. I think we find ourselves here quite often. We may not be people that are just, hey, did you do this? And we say the opposite of what we did. But this is where we bend the truth. And I know I do this, and we all do this. Who's prone to exaggeration in here? Anybody? <laughs> if, you're, if you are a pastor and you have to tell stories, you are prone to exaggeration. Because you've got to make it a good story, right? Yeah. Right? Um, if, <laughs> this is where we, we, we tell partial truths. Maybe we leave out details that would cast us in an unfavorable light. I don't want to share all that part, you know. Um, we, we paint the story to benefit ourselves in some way. Um, let, me, let me give an example. Um, two men were working on a large ocean-going vessel. One day the mate, who normally did not drink, became intoxicated. The captain, who hated him, entered in the daily log, mate drunk today. That's true. He knew this was his first offense, and he wanted to get him fired. The mate was aware of this evil intent and begged him to change the record. The captain, however, replied, it's a fact, and into the log it goes. A few days later, the mate was keeping the log and concluded it with, Captain Sober today. Realizing the implications of this statement, the captain asked that to be removed. In, in reply, the mate said, it's a fact, and in the log it stays. <laughs> Mm. So this is our million different ways we can bend what we're saying to say something that may not. He was telling the truth and he was telling a lie at the same time because of the way he was wording it. And I know as a, as a kid that grew up in church, man, I can't lie, but I can certainly tell the truth in a way that would make you believe. You know, So you come up, the human heart is so deceptive. And we may think we're doing, we're doing right because I didn't say a lie. But we're being deceptive, right? And so the idea is not how do I never tell a lie, but how do I become an honest person? You know, and, and in the road to being an honest person, I'm imagining you're going to stumble and you're going to fall just like we all do. But if our goal is to be an honest person, we're going to tell less lies, right? And so um, here's what I'd like to say. When, when, it, when it regards stop lying to others, we have to, number three, be careful what you Share or be careful what you say. Anybody cold in here? No. I'm a little freezing. And I'm not lying. <laughs> it was. We had it on 67. I don't know what you do at your house, but that's probably what Mike does. He's 62 at his house. So be careful what you say and share. Being honest doesn't mean. This is where it gets a little nuanced. Being honest doesn't mean you always have to say everything that is on your mind. It doesn't mean you always have to tell everyone everything. It doesn't mean you're lying. 
It could mean you're lying, but it could mean you're just using wisdom, mm-hmm. right? And so this is where we need the Spirit of God, and we need this wisdom, and we need to know how to, to operate here. So Proverbs says this. This is interesting. I put one on your notes here. I'll read two to you. But if you look in Proverbs, the end of Proverbs 17, the beginning of Proverbs 18, it talks about this. It says this in the end of 17, verses 28, 27, 28. A truly wise person uses few words. Well, what if they thought something about something? They didn't want to... No, a truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Okay. So I... You ever had, like, a just a bad moment? You were just feeling angry and you were feeling something. Or maybe you're mad at somebody and you just... You, just, I, you know, with the honest... i got to be honest. i got to tell you. Or maybe a wise person would be like, you know what, I'm having a bad day. So maybe I don't have to tell you I'm mad at you right now. I need to get over it, right? So maybe it's not an issue of honesty. It's an issue of understanding yourself and saying, you know, I'm actually just having a rough day. And I don't need to spew my stuff out there uh, because tomorrow it's going to be all different, right? If, you've been, if you're in a marriage relationship, if you're in a, a long, you know, that type, that's good to do sometimes. Every moment somebody ticks you off, disturbs you, you don't have to be honest about it because honesty is the best policy. Sometimes it's wise just to keep your mouth shut and say, you know what, I'm probably the problem here. I'm having a bad day. So let me just keep my mouth shut and then we'll see where it goes from there. And if this keeps happening and keeps going, then maybe I'll share something. But, you know, the moment I'm mad, the moment, I don't have to tell people because that just stirs stuff up, right? And so that's not being dishonest. That's being wise. All right, that, so, so this is what Proverbs goes on to say this Proverbs 18, 2, and then verses 6 and 7. Bulls have no interest in understanding. When you quiet yourself for a second, you don't just share everything. You're trying to understand mm-hmm. what's going on here. Is it just me? Am I just getting frustrated? Am I just stressed out? Do I just need to take a nap? Do I just need a Snickers? You know, what, what's going on here? They only want to air their own opinions, Right? Well, they're being honest. That's their opinion. Well, nobody needs to know your opinion. Sometimes you know, sometimes your opinion really just needs to stay right in here. Fools' words off, uh, get them into constant quarrels. They are asking for a beating. The mouths of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. Saying all this to balance out honesty. Some people are so brutally honest that they always are in conflict. I just tell them how I see it. Well, you're going to be constantly getting a beating. If you always say how you see it, some people might appreciate that. Okay, I appreciate your honesty. I do appreciate that. I know what I'm going to get from you, but it, we're always getting some conflict here because we can never just not be honest. You know, at some point, uh, keep your honesty right here and know who the safe people are you can tell it to. Yes. Tell it to the Lord. Maybe there's two or three people that are safe. But you don't have to blast it to the world. There is such thing as TMI. You know what TMI is, right? Too much information. Lily knows. She's in fifth grade. They get there all the time, I'm sure. TMI in the fifth grade. Learn who the safe people are. Who can you be honest, completely honest with? You should have some people in your life that you can be completely honest with. That's good. Because they can bear the weight of that. When you're having a bad day, when you're frustrated, when you're going through this, all these sort of things. They can bear the weight. They love you. They're with you. And everybody else in the world doesn't have to. The people that don't actually care about you, honestly, some people don't really care about you and me that much. 
You ever met people that don't really care about you? Yeah. No. Yeah. If you go through the world thinking everybody cares about you, you're going to be hurt a lot. That's right. I w- in, in heaven, everybody will care about each other because we'll be right as we should be. Mm-hmm. We live in a world that's broken, mm-hmm. and if we wear everything out here and we think everybody really cares, uh, we're going to be so messed up in relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sell my wife down the river because she's not here, but she will tell you, in all honesty, she has walked this road. She grew up very vocal, in my opinion, is what it is. And she's got beat down by a lot of people along the road. And she would tell you, this has been my experience and, and the growth I've had as a, as a Christian, as a person, is to learn how to be honest with safe people, not honest with everybody that I see. And so this is something important. I wanted to throw this in there because it may seem like you're being dishonest. And that the Bible tells us to be you know, truthful, what's wrong? But we live in a broken world. And not everybody can handle constant honesty or your constant feelings or whatever they may be. Um, so we need to have wisdom and be led by the Spirit. Let's, let's move on to number two here. Number two, we need to stop lying to ourselves. Stop lying to others. Number one, stop lying to ourselves. This is when we look at excuses and rationalizations. Trying to fool ourselves or appease our conscience. Sometimes we tell lies and then we tell ourselves a lie that it wasn't a big deal. Oh, it didn't really matter. Sometimes we, we do something then we try to rationalize it back to ourselves to make ourselves feel better about where we're at. Oh, you know, it's not really a big deal. Oh, it's, you know, that wasn't really, you know, they, you know, whatever it may be. When we've lied to others, we have to come up with reasons why it's not a big deal. Or we cheat on a test. People are cheating, and you think, well, everybody was cheating, so it wasn't really cheating, right? If everybody did it, right? Um, you know, that, that's just how it is. Or the teacher left, I remember the whole high school, well, the teacher left the room. They shouldn't have been that dumb. They shouldn't have left the room. They knew people were going to cheat, you know, so that's their fault. So we, we come up with all these ways to lie to ourselves to justify our behavior, to justify who we are. I don't know if you've done this before. I know I have rationalized our own sinfulness. We say, you know, I'm not really that bad. It's not really that big of a deal. It doesn't really matter that much. So-and-so is worse than me. You know, if, if you compare me to that person, compare me to this person, you know, I'm better than them. We do all these sort of things. It's really lying to ourselves because all the while we're trying to resist looking square in the mirror and just dealing with the person there. Not really my fault. You know, I'm a victim. And, you know, if they wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have done this. Um, it, it's, it's everybody else's fault. It's not my fault. All these sort of things that we do are ways that we lie to ourselves. Uh, and you honestly will have to double down on lies just to keep this thing going. It's a tough place to be. It's a place where there is no growth. When you get into the lying to yourself, you will seize up all the growth that God wants to do in your life. Because in order to grow, you have to be honest. In order to grow, you have to look in the mirror. And you have to be humble. A lot of times when we lie to ourselves, we've lost humility because we start pointing at everybody else. Well, there's really the problem or this is really not really that. And we can't just stop and say, God, search my heart. Search my heart. Is there any unclean way in me? Now, this is the story of David. If you know, Psalm 51 was written after uh, David's encounter with Bathsheba and all the things that transpired from that where David took another man's wife. He ended up trying to cover it up using deception, using that lies and all those sort of things. It didn't work. Um, so he had the man killed through deception. 
I'm not just going to kill you. I'm going to have you go forward in battle. Then we're going to pull back, and they're all going to kill. The other people will kill you. But I essentially killed you by what my commands were. But, you know, it wasn't that way. So all this rationalization, all this sort of the way he's, you can look in his mind and see how he's justifying his behavior so he can feel better about what he's done when he knows it's wrong. And he's trying to get to a place where he feels good and bright and all these sort of things. And lo and behold, Nathan comes in. Remember the story? Nathan comes in, tells him the story about the little lamb. The poor man has one little lamb. The rich man has millions of sheep. And Richmond takes the poor man's lamb, sacrifices it for his guests, and David is enraged. It's interesting. He's enraged. He's oh, I can point fingers. Man, that guy, he should die. Oh, yeah, let's, let's focus on somebody else, man, because that guy's got problems. And then when Nathan says the, the phrase in Hebrew, Ata ish, you are the man. You are the man. Everything crumbles. This whole web of lies, lying to himself, everything crumbles. And David realizes what a broken man he really is. All of the facade, all of the foolishness, all of that crumbles. And he realizes, you know, I have to get right before God. And from that, he writes Psalm 51. Search my heart. Don't, oh, I'm going to hide my heart from God. God, search my heart. If there's any unclean way, wash it out. Blot, blot me with, with your blood. And he's, he's actually foreshadowing the work of Christ on the cross. And, and so we have to be careful. We have to not lie to ourselves. And the Holy Spirit may be calling out to each of us today, Ataish, Ataisha, you are the man, you are the woman. Because he wants us to see our own rationalizations. He wants us to get real with who we really are. He doesn't want us to live in a place where we always are blaming others always covering over and thinking that everything is fine. He wants us to grow and become what he wants us to be. In order to do that, we have to stop lying to ourselves. And finally, this number three, well, this is not finally, I have four, but the third one is just stop living a lie. What can happen is when you lie to yourself over and over and over, you start living a lie. People don't become hypocrites. They don't get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and serving God, and then just all of a sudden I'm going to be a hypocrite today. You know, like, that's just, I think that's going to be more fun. You know, I'm just going to become a hypocrite, and, you know, because no, nobody likes a hypocrite, but I'll just be one. That's not how it works. We, we start rationalizing. We start covering. We start sh um, shutting ourselves out to others, and we start um, then stepping into a different place where we start living a lot. We become inaccessible to God, inaccessible to others. Uh, Mark Twain once said this, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. This is what he means. There's a story of a guy named Vernon Pierce who needed a notebook to keep track of the stories he had told his four wives and many other girlfriends. He couldn't keep straight all of the web of lies he had told. This is back in the 80s. Some guy out in Arizona, California area. So he had four wives and other girlfriends, and all of the lies and all these sort of things started to crash down. He was living this life. To one, he was an actor. To another, he was a, a salesman. That's why he always traveled. To another, he was this. He had all these personas going, and he thought he had it together. But he had this little notebook of, all. Right, I told her this, I told her uh, that, and I have it all together. And it all came crashing down when two of them started knocking on his house door, and they met each other. Like, oh, who are you? I'm the wife. No, I'm the wife. And so you could see the TV show developing, you know, the reality show out of that, I'm sure. But 
that was before reality shifts, so they, they couldn't have done that. They would just be on like Maury Povich or something mm. back then. Um, but that's a crazy that's a crazy thing. I mean, honestly, living that type of lie, writing things in a notebook, making sure I didn't tell this person that. I don't. I would. I would imagine nobody here is doing that. <laughs> please tell me if you are. Okay. Uh, please tell me you're not. Okay. So maybe we don't have that type of crazy story. Um, if you do, you do need to stay after. I need to talk to you. Um, but we all face hypocrisy in our own lives. First John two four says this: Whoever says I know him, him being Jesus but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth <coughs> is not in that person. Wow. Come on, John. Could you be a little bit nicer? I mean, seriously, dude. You got to survive. Like, you lived on the Isle of Patmos. You didn't even become a martyr. Why are you so harsh? You know, seriously. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. That's pretty powerful. I know there's many times... I say I know him. I come to church on Sunday all the time. All right? And then there's times I don't do what God commands. Be, be forthright with me. I don't. The Bible says I am being a liar. And the truth isn't in me. You be careful. If we live in hypocrisy in our lives and we allow that to rest and stay, we are moving away from what God wants us to be. There was a guy named uh, Don James at my home church growing up. Uh... Crazy, crazy story. This guy was such a nice guy. Uh, he let me borrow his bomber jacket one time for a church play because he was so cool. He was in all the church stuff. And he was an investment guy. He'd take your money and invest it. Except the problem was he was not investing that money in anything, but he was investing it in himself. And this guy got uh, found out after years of doing this. He was in my home church, and he got 20 years in a federal prison. It was a big story. Now, remember the news coming and interviewing our pastor and all this sort of stuff because he had built people out of millions of dollars over the years. He was such a nice guy. He had people over, youth things at his house, and great house, man. That was really nice, you know? So, so, you know, it was great in the church plays, but he was ripping people off left and right in the church. And again, I don't think that's us, but we have to be careful about hypocrisy in our lives. It's so easy to look at these other examples and say, yeah, I'm not that, so I'm fine. I'm not this guy with many wives, so I'm fine. But you know, when we lift our hands in worship, there's people in many churches, I'm sure, in this area, lifting their hands in worship, coming into church this morning, singing the songs, and they're cheating on their spouse. There's people that are that are coming into church, um, Maybe they're, maybe they're not flirting or they're not cheating, but they're starting to flirt with coworkers. They're starting to, things are starting to develop and they're like, oh yeah, I'm good, I'm fine. Just, I got under control, no big deal. It's no problem, you know, we're just talking. And on and on and on. Showing no restraint to lustful thoughts and desires. Maybe you're, there are people that are getting on you know, social media saying all these sort of things and wow, that's great, but really inside they're struggling deeply. All this sort of ways that we can hide from the truth. You know, the worst is if you believe you're a Christian and you're really not. There's many people that come to church that believe that they are a Christian and they're truly not. You might be the people that, you know, I grew up in the South. I'm a Christian. I'm not a Muslim or a Hindu, so I'm a Christian. Like if they ask me to check a box, that's the box I check. 
Uh, you know, I got baptized a long, long time ago. There's some water that was dumped on me, or I dumped under there, however they did it. And so, I mean, that pretty much seals the deal. I mean, if, if I was baptized, I'm a Christian. Uh, maybe, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm good with God because I go to church um, whenever, you know, whenever I got nothing else going on. I go to church. Uh, maybe, you know, I try to be a good person. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with God. So none of these things make us a Christian. None of these can make us right with God. We're only saved by the work that Jesus has done for us on the cross. Amen? Amen. Yes. And so the biggest lie we can live is to spend our entire lives believing that we are right with God and we really aren't. And if we're putting our faith in what we've done, we're putting our faith in something um, as, as our own goodness or maybe we got something, some religious ceremony happened or something we live in the South. We can't do that. We have to each individually put our faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done. And our, and our faith may not be, maybe you feel like, man, my faith isn't super strong, but if we trust the Lord with what we have and say, God, I give you my life, I trust what you've done, then all of, all of our sins are washed away. Yeah. It's not about you were a good person, you're a bad person. God doesn't save the good people. He, he makes the bad people into new people, right? right. Yeah. He makes us into new people, and that's what he's up to in our lives if we would allow him. So finally this, how do we become a more honest person? Stop lying to others. Stop lying to ourselves. Stop living a lie. And number four, start trusting God. If you want to become an honest person, it starts with trusting God. Because a lot of times our dishonesty is, is rooted in the fact that we don't trust God. So rather than trusting this situation to God and just telling the truth, I'm going to try to cover it up and make, make me in control of it however I want the situation to go. A lot of times our dishonesty is a lack of trust in God. The Bible says this, Psalm 32, 2. Yes, what a joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When we can live open and honest lives, there's joy in that. When we don't have to remember things, we don't have anything that we're trying to hide or cover up. We're not, you know, hey, not saying that when you only, only way you can be um an honest person is to be a perfect person. But to realize, you know, even my flaws, even my failures don't disqualify me from the love of God. So I'm not going to spend my life trying to hide all my flaws and hide all my failures. But to know that God accepts me for who I am and I can live in the open. I can live in freedom because he loves me. We might think our lives keep us safe or our lives uh, keep us out of trouble. Or, or maybe people will like us better because we, we've been the truth. We might think that we're avoiding conflict or, or, or whatever it may be. But the truth is, if we trust God, he can create the outcome that is best in our life. Amen? Amen. If we entrust our lives to him, we say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen in this situation, but I'll be honest with this person, and I trust you with the result. I don't want to be a person that has to deceive and to hide my entire life. I want to trust you with my life and with this situation. We start trusting him with our lives now and in the little things and eternity in the big things. We trust his grace. We trust his forgiveness. We trust his plan and his purpose. We say, God, it is your plan that I want to follow. You know, as we wrap this up this morning, the truth, the truth is that you know, we confess our sins to God for forgiveness. God says, uh, it says in the Bible that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 
So when we have been dishonest in our lives, we can confess that to God for forgiveness. He doesn't hold it against us. When we confess our sins, He will cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But we confess to others, the Bible says in James 5.16, we confess to others for healing. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you'll be healed. There's a place where we can be honest with one another for healing in our lives. Now, that other person can't forgive your sins. They don't have any right to say, well, now you are cleansed by God. No, God forgives your sins. So I want to encourage you this morning, take the first step in your life. If there's some areas in your life that you've been kind of hiding and shielding and covering up, you would say, God, I confess this area to you. And this area does not please you, but I confess it to you, and I need your cleansing, your forgiveness. And, and when you do that, he will make you right with him. He will make you right with him. He'll say, well, you know, you've got to walk on your knees for a mile and a half up the road, and then, then I'll, I'll maybe listen to it. But he's already paid the price. He's already died on the cross. He doesn't have to have you do anything but to accept what he's already done for you. But the, here's the powerful thing. In our lives, to become a more honest person, to get healing, maybe we've really struggled with this, we need to confess to others. Not to everybody. Not to a million people, but maybe there's one person that it would be powerful for you to say, you know, there's something I'm struggling with, there's something I'm dealing with, there's some area of my life, and for healing in my life, I'm going to share that with them. Because I don't want to struggle with this longer. I don't want to be in the dark longer. I don't want to hold on to this. God forgives me when I confess to Him, but I want healing in my life. I want to move forward. And so we confess to others. And you got to find the right person. Like I said, we're, we're broken humanity. You confess to the wrong person, they may go and be like you said last and be a gossip and go share it. And then we're like, man, how is that any better? It's not. So you got to be careful. you got to be wise. But it doesn't preclude us from needing to do that. There's safe people that you can find. There's body of Christ. There's good people. There's solid people that know what's right. Confess them in confidence. They're not going to spread your business. They're not going to share it with anybody else. But they're going to say, you know what? I'm with you. Hey, I'm a broken person just like you. And I, I, hey, let's pray about it. Let's let's let the Lord bring healing in your life. So let's let's conclude this morning. I want to pray. Um, and I believe God is going to stir our hearts. He's going to show us things if we're willing to look in the mirror. And He's going to lead us into be more honest people. Not people that live in the dark, not people that hide, not people that put on a mask and pretend everything's fine, but people that can live in open and honesty with one another. You know, it's, it's sometimes hard as a pastor to know the level of honesty and, and the, who the same people are. And they tell you that when you're going to school. I mean, you can't, you can't put everything out there. This is not, that's not the thing to do. And it would seem maybe counter, counterintuitive because you're talking about honesty. Well, how to, how to be an honest pastor? But even myself, I need people that I can be completely honest with and, and know where I can share the burdens on my heart, burdens in my life. And so we all need that. Amen? Let's bow our heads together, church. Father, I thank you for uh, your presence here with us today. I thank you, God, that you are speaking to hearts, you're speaking to lives this morning. God, you're stirring us to look boldly into the mirror and, and those areas of our lives where we've been dishonest, where we've lied, where we've covered up, where we've bent the truth, where we've tried to shield ourselves and protect ourselves or whatever it may be. Um, and God, we confess those things to you this morning. 
God, we don't want to live in the dark. We want to live in the light. God, we don't want to speak the language of our spiritual enemy. His native language is lies. But you are the, the God of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus, you're the way, the truth, and the life. So, Lord, let us step into the truth and live a life of complete honesty. Your word says there's joy when we do that. There's joy when we do that. I pray for joy to fill this place, joy to fill lives, joy to fill this church. God, that we'd be a place where we realize that we need you. None of us here are perfect. None of us here have it all together. And we don't have to pretend like we do. So God, I pray for those of us here this morning that would say, I've been dishonest in an area of my life. Maybe it's a big thing. Maybe it's just something small. Something that seemed kind of insignificant, but now I'm realizing maybe that's not right. I don't need to do that. God, I pray for those here this morning that would say, I want to be a more honest person. I lift them up to you right now. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Sheldon, I'm with you. You know, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I, I truly want to be a more honest person in my life. There's areas where I need to grow. There's areas where I'm not being completely honest. Maybe it's just with myself. Maybe it's with others. Wherever it might be. If that's you this morning, would you lift your hand and join, just join me? I want to be more honest. I want to be more truthful. I want to be who God wants me to be. I want to be honest with myself, with others. Thank you. Put your hand back down. Lord, you see these hands, you see our hearts, you see our lives. God, the truth is we can't hide from you. We can't hide anything from you. God, you see us and you know us in our inmost being. So God, let us, let us be aware of that. Lord, you know everything from the past to the future. It's silly for us to hide from you, God. God, we open ourselves up to you today and we ask your spirit to come, fill us. Spirit of truth, come and fill us. Wash us, make us clean. God, for those here this morning that the best thing that they could do out of all of this been said is to find somebody and to tell them the truth. Maybe share that burden, share that hurt, share that issue and to find healing. God, I pray that you give them the boldness to do that. Give them the boldness, give them the wisdom to know who to ask, who to talk to. And we thank you, God, for what you're going to do. Lord, we pray, God, this week that you would use us to be a blessing. I pray for every person here that you put your protection, your blessing on their lives, that you give them joy, you give them a sense of purpose in, in the everyday life. Maybe it's just on the job, maybe it's on the, the things that we do all the time, God. Infuse those things with purpose. This week, on the job, this week at home, infuse it with purpose. You place us there for a reason. And God, we do pray for this coming Sunday that is Easter. We pray, God, that there would be people that would join with us and join with other churches in this area that would find you, maybe even for the first time. And God, we are trusting you to continue to build your church and continue to build us, your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.